0: Hello and welcome to the Swan Song Project podcast. My name is Ben Buddy Slack and I'm the founder of the Swan Song Project. We're a charity that helps people face into end of their lives to write and record their own original songs. If you'd like to find out more about the charity, hear some of the songs, or get in touch if you know anybody who might be interested in working with us. We're now offering our service virtually. You can check out our website, which is swansongproject.co.uk. The Swan Song Project podcast features songwriters and we talk about one of their songs. They tell us a bit about how they wrote it. They share with us a songwriting tip. And then they also share with a song that's meaningful to them in some way relating to bereavement. This episode features Boo Hewardine and I hope you enjoy it. Hello Hello and welcome to the Swan Song Project podcast. Uh, Today I'm here with Mr. Boo Hewardine. Thanks for joining me, Boo. Hi, hello, nice, nice to be here, very nice to be here. Yeah, thank you very much, I'm looking forward to talking mm-hmm. to you. Uh, for anyone who's seen these podcasts before, listened to them before, we do them in three parts. We have, first section, we're going to have one of my guest's songs, we're going to talk a little bit about how they wrote that. Section two, Boo's going to share with us a songwriting tip. And then section three, we're going to talk about a song that's meaningful to Boo in some way related to bereavement. So uh, I'll ask you to introduce the song of yours you've chosen for us, please, Boo.
1: Well, it's a song I wrote um, the words to, actually. It's a song called I Felt a Soul Move Through Me and uh, we're going to hear Eddie Reader doing it. And it, it came, both Eddie and I, she lost her father and I lost my mother in the same week when we were out on the road. And uh, she said, I want to sing something. Very hard task, really. Said, "But I want, I want to sing something to remember them by. Uh, and this, the music, the, the melody was a friend of ours called Graham Henderson had, had this melody. That he had sent to us. So I took his melody and added some words to it, which is not something I normally do, mm-hmm. but it was probably one of the most, um, it was a very moving experience writing it because you know, I was trying to sort of paint a picture of, uh, of loss. Uh, and she sings, Penny, as I don't know if people know, but she's such a wonderful singer and, and she sings it so beautifully. And it's, uh, it's probably, we, I was talking to her, it's probably, this. we love all the songs that she does, but it's got a very special place for us because it's uh, not only has it come from our experience when we play it at concerts people come up and, and, and it, it, you know they, they get they get it so
0: yeah yeah it's a beautiful song so we'll, we'll hear it now shall we yeah
1: I felt his soul
2: move through sound Branches on the window Couldn't hurt me now And when the night came With a childhood fears His soul moved Disappear. I felt his soul move through me as I stepped from the tree, here to make a new life. The star- brought me winter kept me here his soul moves through me time disappeared I felt his soul
0: Brilliant. So that was, um, I felt so moved through me by Boo Hewardine and uh, Eddie Reader. So yeah, you were saying you wrote it. So, I mean, that must have been a hard week for you. you say you're on the road as well. So both well lost the parent, it, it, it was and a parent. really,
1: it was a really strange week because we were doing a, a, a tour playing in bookshops. Oh wow. <laughs> It was very strange. So we, and we were in, I was heading to Aberdeen to play with her. And when I landed from the plane, there was some the messages from my sister and I knew something was wrong. And so I flew straight back and, and my mum was in the hospital. And she'd, my mother had had uh, two brain hemorrhages before, once when she was young and once in her 40s. And we always knew that it was, might happen again. And that's what happened. So I stayed at home for a couple of days. And, and then Eddie said, why don't you come out? And I was just sort of, I, I don't know. I just thought I, w- I really wanted to be with my musical friends and then I flew up, uh, got the train up to Liverpool and then the same thing happened with her dad that night so we, di- we didn't ever get to <laughs> sing in any... I think we'd sung in one bookshop at the beginning but then that was it, we just decided to, to leave it. So it was, yeah, an incredibly intense emotional experience and the idea of the song is, is, is in three parts and the, the first verse I talk about when you're young and a parent is such presence in your life. They make you feel safe. The second verse is about how, when you first move home and you start your own life, they're still there. There's still this presence. And the last verse was kind of relaying the experience of um, flying back down. You know, I felt like you you never stop feeling them. And she's still, I think about her every day. So it's it's a very simple song in terms of structure. It's just three verses um sometimes the hardest songs to write there's no choruses or uh but it's a lovely lovely melody that graham wrote so i just remember sitting with it for three or four days until every every line seemed to sing you know
0: was it a melody that you'd had that he'd given you um beforehand and then yeah was it a melody that he'd given you beforehand and then you and it,
1: it, it arrived at the same time, like, coincidentally, he said, oh, I've got this melody, as we were working. We were working mm. on a record, actually. Um, yeah. It, it, I, I, but it's... With always with songwriting, I think you're looking for a way in or a, or a, or a key to start off. And I don't, I don't even know where the phrase came from, but I, one time I, was, I just wrote down I felt a soul move through me and it's like wow that's what it's like and um once you've got the key and 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 i got the key and i knew what i wanted to say in each part of the song I, Mm -hmm. i knew what i wanted the script to say i just didn't have the script and that's really i know it's mixing into the songwriting tip but it's really helpful when i write with people especially if i don't have a lot of time i was just writing with someone just before i spoke to you as it's a really lovely idea but we quite early in, in the process we mapped it out so I, I was saying I think we need two verses and then I think uh, we need some sort of bridge it's very different musically and then come back for one more verse so and that's even before much music or lyric exists but it's really helpful to have your architecture mm-hmm. um, and that was really important with the um, Felt a Soul Move Through Me because I was listening over and over to Graham's tape and he just played the same tune three times. So he, get, he gave me the structure, but I'm really glad he did because I think it worked so well being that simple a structure. And I think sometimes people get a bit, a bit wrapped up in choruses and middle eights and so mm. forth. And then because I was trying to say something very fundamental, I didn't want there to be any fancy bits, you know?
0: Yeah. And then so was it, it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I was just thinking, was it quite, you know, knowing you had that amount of Melody for the verses and having like such a big and deep subject that you were dealing with, like I guess it, it makes you be very concise with what you were aiming for, and what was that like, and did you know did you have a lot of things that you were trying to yes yeah, in it and
1: there's something about not having a lot of space to say a lot, which is really brilliant hmm. like haiku like i suppose in a way, but there's a uh, I'm, so we seem to be sort of heading into the tip part of the podcast, but one of the things that is always in my mind when I'm writing is uh, Paul Simon quote, which he said, the art of songwriting is making the complicated sound simple. Mm. And I think that's, that's brilliant because it's a really complicated subject, the idea of losing somebody. And, but also you want it to be, it's not a confessional song. You want someone to hear it and, and, and there to be a sense of empathy in it so uh there were some quite complex ideas but i was trying to say them as simply as possible yeah so so it lets people in and that that really that that idea of knowing your song even before it's written in terms of shape and also really trying to say what you want to say in the most elegant simple way that you can I always find those songs if I pull it off are the ones that move people when I play live, or or people want to record, you know. Whereas mm. when I do something dead fancy, that might be lovely for me to listen to, but not, not, not so
0: much everyone else.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, the simpler ones are the hardest ones sometimes. They,
1: they? are. Yeah, Steve Earle produced my band's second record, and Steve's one of my heroes. He's fantastic, and he and, and the band I was in. We were very, very, we thought musical, lots of, I know, you know, all the chords you can think of, all the sort of modes, all that stuff. And I remember him sitting down with me one day and saying, he played me his wonderful song. He was just in the, in the, in the, in the, in the um, green room at the uh, studio. And he played a song, which I already loved and knew uh, my old friend, the blues. And I went, God, that's such a brilliant song. I don't know if you know that song. It's a brilliant song. Um, oh, you should check it out. It's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant song. And he said yeah when i can write a a a good song with three three chords uh, that's a good day and that always sticks with me as well because it's a check it it really is a brilliant beautiful song and it's got the sentiment is really it's a fantastic it's about that feeling when you wallow in misery but you kind of quite like it <laughs> which we yeah. all know that for. it's brilliant so that i hadn't heard someone else write a song about that subject before and it's just three it's three chords but you wouldn't when you listen to it it's, it it does everything a song should do so that's always in my mind as well like always yeah. that I think the concepts can be as complex as you like but the execution and the thing should always try and be elegant rather than showing off you know
0: yeah it was yeah. something I remember like, first getting into song, my like, first learning songs, yeah. um, thinking that every every song I really liked was going to be complicated, and then going to this generation and you learn a song, you're like, oh, it's actually it's just it's just these no. three chords, and it's <laughs> it's not actually that complicated at all. No, it's, it's just it's just it's, really powerful. In yeah, and it's really it's good writing.
1: It's yeah, really good writing, and so when you do come in if you're writing and you do come up with a, a an unusual change or a thing, uh, it's it's there for a reason rather than quite often when people first come to me and, and I'm, I'm producing them or they come to workshops and they play something and they say and I say but I think you could lose that part there and they say but that's that's really good it does this it does this thing And they go, well oh, that's not the song you know it's mm-hmm. that's you doing that so it's uh, it, it, having the courage to chop bits out as well and just uh, for the song to be like the the base material that you make your arrangement with I've written with some huge songwriters, very lucky over the years, and a lot of them will write in a very simple way, just on a guitar or a piano. And when it sounds amazing like that, that's when you start thinking about arrangements and horns and backing vocals and all that. But quite often people get into that sort of idea quite early on. And that, and that's not the same as writing, really. Sometimes mm-hmm. the arrangement can be the song. But if you think about really great songs that you like, you would recognise them however they are arranged. Like, um, my Way by Frank Sinatra was also done by Sid Vicious. It's the same song. <laughs> you know.
0: So yeah. yeah. The song should should be standard should work as a standalone. Well, it, it, it kind of just it's just, just it kind of
1: it, yeah, it just kind of does, or whatever arrangement. I've been very lucky mm-hmm. that people have recorded my songs and that I've got uh, some songs have been recorded like a, a load of times. The arrangements are completely different. You know, one person do it as a ballad, another person do it as a rocker or whatever. But whatever you do to it it's always the same song and that's a good thing to have in your mind when you're writing mm. is the song is not the arrangement yeah yeah
0: yeah that's yeah. interesting what was it like when you when you finished that song like the first time you and eddie like played it like when you first i guess did you write the lyrics and then you brought them to her and working yeah, together we were we were actually making a record we, she'd been
1: signed to a big record label and she'd lost her label and we wanted to keep going so we were making a record in the drummer's front room um, on his 8-track, except it was a 7-track because one of the tracks didn't work. So the first time she sang it through was in his front room and I just remember we were like... It's one of my favourite vocal performances she's done. We were all just completely floored by how she sang it. And then there was a guy who used to be in her band Fairground Action Simon came and played uh his guitar on, which is like a Mexican bass on it. And I just remember it being the easiest, easiest recording session as well. And that's often a sign of a good song. Mm. If if it goes really simply and ideas, all ideas seem to work. That normally means the song's good. But if, if you're struggling and oh, what about this bit? What about that bit? That's that's normally in the writing, you know. So I just remember it being very easy and very emotional, and um we had to be careful because he's in his front room with quite a, quite a lot of takes. For, I think I don't know if you're on that track, but on, on, the album's called Simple Soul, but you can hear the doorbell quite a few times on that album. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice little real touches. <laughs> yeah. yeah, brilliant. Uh, let's move into section two now, shall we? This is where I ask my guests to um, share with us a songwriting tip. So you, you mentioned that we kind of touched on some of it in that first part. So, okay, yeah. what's, uh, what's the tip you've got for us, boo?
1: Well, I was going to say the the, the Paul Simon, that the, the, the art of some ways making the complicated sound simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did, I could expand on that, but, um, overwrite lyrics would be my tip in with that in mind is once you've got your shape and once you know what you want to say, overwrite, because quite often people write three verses and then they'll say, I finished mm-hmm. uh, with any other form of writing. You'll, you'll have, uh, you'll have edits, like if you write a book or something. Like I've, I've got friends who are authors, and they might be on the sixth or seventh rewrite of a book. Just go, and for some reason, people seem to accept the first lyric that falls out of them. So, overwriting is a really good way of doing it. Once you've got the the the, the sense of meter of the lyric that you're trying to write, just write more and more and more and more. So, I've got a song called Harvest Gypsies, which is was recorded by Chris Trevor. And it's got nine verses, it's, it's, it sounds a lot, but they're very short. But um, I found my workbook for that and I found I'd written about 30 verses. And then I'd gone, then the second time when I'd gone through and picked ch- cherry picked all the good lines, and then I'd squashed them in, squashed them in, and squashed them in till I felt that every line was as good as it could be. And overwriting uh, lyrics is, is a good way of doing it because it too often I feel people just go finished, mm. and that's not true of any other any other writing discipline, you know, uh, and it's, it's really good because once you get into that motion of writing, uh, 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 uh verses or over uh, more and more and more, your, your, subconscious seems to take over and give you some brilliant sort of things that, whereas if you're sitting there thinking oh, mm. what rhymes with fish, you know, uh, it's, it shouldn't be like double geography. It should just be like, a, just, uh, and that that flow will only happen if you really know what your song is about. So I really knew what that song I was, just, it was about migrant workers in California in the forties. I knew exactly what it was about, and I knew what the story that I wanted to tell. So I I had all that in there. I knew the mo- meter, I knew the melody. So I just sat there and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. And, wrote. and I'm that may sound a lot. There's a a fella I used to write with. Uh, called Nick Kelly, who's in the bank called Fat Lady Sings in, um, uh, in Dublin. And when we used to write together, I'd, it, I'd say, Can you write some lyric ideas for it? And then a package would arrive in the post and it would be that thick, <laughs> like a novel. But it, still, but yes, I think that's a good way. Being, rather than get stuck, if you get stuck, write something else. If you get stuck in a verse, write another verse. But getting stuck is a. Is, uh, it's a pain, it's a total pain, so just
0: keep going. Do you find, um, does it take, to take much discipline? I guess if you've got that down, are you kind of used to doing that? Is, uh, do you ever feel that temptation when you haven't written just a few verses, to be like, oh, that's it? Oh, or sometimes,
1: always... sometimes it's it, definitely, but, but, but it. I, I, I try not to get stuck,
0: mm. and
1: some of the songs I've written in lockdown, I don't know, people that you're speaking to, but this is slightly different, but, knowing what your song is about is so important one of the people i've been working with during lockdown is a, a woman who lives in bristol called lady nade fantastic and we write every week but all of the writing sessions start with conversations they start with conversations and she makes notes of everything uh, and she'll say today i want to write and we have got a song about uh, grief it's not recorded yet and, and so we go through all that we talk about all, all the different things she's making notes all the time then I might come up with some lyrics she comes up with and when we look at our work page it's covered in stuff and then we meet again and we hone it down so it happens naturally especially if you're working with someone else is nothing that the other person says is not everything is valid it's all Mm. valid even if at the time you think that's a bit strange write it down and then you have to kind of like when you're writing by yourself do that with yourself I see so many times people going Uh, I could say the sun was out today. Then they'll say, oh, that's a bit cheesy, isn't it? I don't even, I'm not even sure I know what the word cheesy means. I like cheese, (laughs) So uh, just write it down and move on. It could be a placeholder line. Just be open, I suppose that's my my tip. So sometimes I will write something really quick. But here's the thing, you don't really write them quickly because they talk about uh, Brian Wilson writing God Only Knows in Seven Minutes, one of the greatest songs ever. He didn't really write it in seven minutes it was all back there percolating mm. all the work he'd done on other songs was in there so it came out it's just it just wasn't it came out without any um impediments in the way so he, yeah. you know and that's what i think i think if you're a writer it's stuff's always going on in your subconscious so anything you can do to make sure it keeps flowing is good
0: yeah it's really good advice i think all that yeah. overwriting as well mm. like you say like yeah. brian wilson there that yeah. all feeds into your other songs, doesn't it? So if you've mm. written loads of verses, it's not wasted time at all, is it? It's all practicing no, your craft. It's, um,
1: it's exactly. And the thing about getting good at your craft is when the idea comes, when the big idea comes, like Richard Thompson, two his, uh, I got him to speak at a workshop once, he said, uh, just write all the time, because when when uh, so keep the shop open, that's what he calls it. But when I, I, I feel it's like being match fit, so that mm. when the big idea comes, because you can't teach people how to have ideas, but we all have ideas. But what, where songs come unstuck is when people, oh, I don't really know what I should do here or should this be, what's this chord All that? The more you learn your craft, the, the quicker it goes from there to there. That's why I teach these workshops or run them rather than teach because I love to see people getting frustrated at first and then even after a week, it, it's just flowing out of them, you know.
0: Yeah, that's really good. I really like the uh, being match fit <laughs> way of yeah. describing it. It's when yeah. we think of you know that quote of um, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. So yeah, that's yeah. kind of what it's like in a way, isn't yes. it? Like you're prepared to know how to write songs, then like yeah, it might be a lucky thing that happens that then triggers an idea. Yeah. But then if you're not prepared to write that song, yeah you don't have the, the tools, then uh yes, yes, like yes, that, is
1: it? yeah. If you don't know yeah, if you don't know what's yeah, if you don't know how to change keys, all the things that, that once you've learned, you don't even think about it while you're doing it. It slows yeah. it up, doesn't it? And that's the ethos of my songwriting workshops is that I know everyone has ideas and I've had some wonderful stories of people who've come to me who've never written a song in their life, and, and, and quite older people, maybe some people, one person who came on my course was an old person and it was a totally on their bucket list to write a song and and they did and it was wonderful, but there's also people in their 50s or whatever who've never written songs and Uh, When I do the workshops, I also help people afterwards and they've gone on to have careers, you know, it's like brilliant. And they'd spent a long time being frustrated just because they didn't know a few simple things that might help. So it's a
0: really rewarding thing to do, you know. Yeah. Do you do, um, are you doing regular workshops now?
1: I have done, I can't see a lot of them are um, residential. So I haven't been able to do Mm -hmm. them, but I've done a couple of online ones for Creative Scotland. And um, we're hoping to do... lot more with my friend uh, Finley Napier who lives over there and also there's my friend Darden Smith who's in Texas who's one of my oldest friends and we're going to try and do a transatlantic one and they work they work really really well but the I do love the residential ones there's a place that I used in in Invernesshire which is kind of like my favorite place on earth and I've done about 15 there uh, like two or three a year one way or another sometimes with paying customers sometimes with younger people or people with problems or whatever right? and I would always try and do as many weeks or weekends as I could there so all of that's gone for now but they're surviving I thought they were going to go under at one point but it looks like they're surviving so
0: we'll, we'll, we'll be back hopefully yeah, hopefully won't be too long. yeah I'd have to, I'll try and get along one time yeah, yeah. On, oh, there's so
1: much so much fun yeah. that's the thing as well because it's fun you know yeah, and it's like what's really great is you've got a room for the people uh and you're there for the song so it's it's not to do the execution of the song so you people start listening in a different way and some of the best songs have come or the best uh, have come from people who aren't great singers or aren't great guitarists but you you develop a different type of listening and so it's mm-hmm. it's really good and then people seem to take that away with them when they listen to records at home and go oh, i never realized this was such a good song or yeah, I used to like this, but nothing's really going on, is it? Because they just listen to it. And it's great. Someone you can barely play. Oh, well, what a song, you know. So that's yeah. exciting. I love that. So I don't ever have a uh, um, an audition process. I won't do that. Everyone else does. It makes people send in tapes. Because some of the most exciting and joyful experiences have been with people who wouldn't get in. Onto a course norm- normally, you know, but they, they come on the course because they've got ideas, they, they're not coming for any other reason. So I re- respect that, you
0: know. Yeah, that sounds like a great way to do it. Mm. Um, I was just really, you're talking about how, how fun songwriting is. I think you're right, and that's something that a lot of people think you know, don't, don't, don't don't see the fun in it, I guess, who people are like, I haven't done it that much, or maybe you've had a few experiences that have been hard at work. Um, but in your own work, do you, and you mentioned earlier about trying to not get stuck, do you have times where where you do you have to make yourself just feel like working on it? Or do you have ways of keeping it always fun and exciting for yourself?
1: I always, I'm always working on it because I love doing it, but I did like for my last record, I realized that I love my guitar, I've got a, a, a fantastic, uh, custom, uh, what they call the signature model there. I love it. It's like, I'm so, I love my guitar, but I thought uh, for the last record that I would do a, a record without any guitars. And I wrote all the songs on a thing called the dulcetone, which is, a a uh, hundred-year-old instrument that was used in churches, and it plays tuning forks. Beautiful-sounding thing, like like a celeste or something. And I did that on purpose to make it hard. Mm. And I really like the. I really love that set of songs, and they wouldn't have happened if if I'd done them on the guitar. So I do try and challenge myself. Yeah, sure and some sense. of the. Yeah, and some of the people I work with. I work a lot with. Um, but I have so many. I'm very lucky. I work a lot with Chris Difford from Squeeze. And he, he, he doesn't write music, so he just sends me his lyrics, which are always great. So I get to write that way, where you've just got a lyric in front of you and
0: you start.
1: So I just try and make it different and interesting mm. every time. That's um, great that
0: you've got such a varied approach, because you mentioned earlier that you're you know, just doing the lyrics to another melody, and then just doing music to other people's lyrics. It must be certainly that sometimes a lot of people get. I think thing, for whatever.
1: people who that you're talking to here the great thing about especially even before lockdown but with the internet is i i have quite a few songwriting partners who uh there's one in new mexico someone in nashville there's some, someone in vietnam uh and the one who i do the most of writing who's outside uk is a guy in slovakia so it it's brilliant and and, and it's like you can make a choice you can read the right together or one of you can do the words one can do the music I think it's a fantastic way, of, especially was for me. Uh, we've very, been very locked down in Glasgow, but keep connection. But I just think with the people that you're working with, it, it's fantastic that you can write with anyone, anywhere, and that sense of um, the sense of sort of the little universes you create between the person you're writing with, because you, it's a very intimate thing writing songs, and it, it sort of fast tracks friendship. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. It's like it's like this, he's called Vlad, the guy in like It's like the first meeting was, oh, hello, how are you doing? He's like, like he's one of my friends now, like totally. <laughs> and sometimes we just ring and have chats, and and that wouldn't have happened without because you you make yourself very, um, if you're if you're writing, that, like you should, you make yourself very open and stuff, and that's that's nice for both of you, you know. Yeah. So I think I think I don't know with your with your project i don't know if people are able to do that online or whatever like that but i, I think it's a beautiful thing you know
0: yeah thank you yeah i love that expression fast-tracking friendship as well yeah, that's yeah. that's what i feel very much is what happens with swan song as well i go and meet yeah. someone and you yeah, know they're dealing with whatever they're dealing with and you're interested in but then very quickly it feels like the friends that you've known for a long time really
1: i've written two songs called swan songs one's on one of my albums and it is by far and away the the worst song on that record <laughs> i was i thought it was great so I, I, I then i wrote another one for um my old band just called the bible we reform every now and then and i wrote one for the last time we played together with a couple of years ago it's not bad but it's not being recorded but i i just something about the word swan song mm. is uh it's so evocative it's a great name for for your project
0: yeah thank you yeah. Great stuff. Um, so let's move into section three now. This is where I ask my guests to share with us a song that's meaningful to them in some way relating to bereavement. And what I do here is I put the link in the description. So if you're listening to this at home and you're not familiar with the song, you can click the link and go and listen to it and come back and we're going to have a chat about it. Uh, so what song did you choose for us, Boo? I chose Hurt
1: by um, Johnny Cash. And that's it. Sorry, this is Moxie. I lo- <laughs> I, it, it, it's the, it's the more or less the last thing... I think it's the last video he made at the end of his amazing life and it's a Nine Inch Nails song, but somehow in his hands, it turns into the most Heartbreakingly beautiful song about the end of life. It really does. It's incredible But um, and he's there with, and you see his wife's in in the video So it's a beautiful beautiful video and a beautiful song I I, 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 I lost my father just a couple of months ago who was in the home and when I could still go and see him and we, we spoke on the Zoom multiple times every day but when I could go and see him uh, we would always talk about music and he would always become more um, animated he was fine but it just it seemed to really t- touch him and, I, and I, I wrote a song myself about that experience of what music does especially at uh, That time of life, it's a song called "Old Song" about uh, that was a friend of uh, mine he used to take Frank Sinatra records into his dad when he was in the home, and he'd suddenly just be he'd be back in the room so much more. And uh, there's something incredibly fundamental about music and, and us and, and and what it does, how it links in with our memories and our lives. And I, for some reason, although her is not. Necessarily about bereavement. It says something really very very beautiful about the end of life. I think so
0: Yeah, definitely. is that um, song you just mentioned uh, old song available online somewhere?
1: Yes, yes uh, Eddie's recorded old song, but I, it's on my last record. I don't, it was one of the ones that was written on the dulcetone. It's on that as well oh, brilliant. It's um, Again, what I really like is if I do a concert it's if it if like people have come up to me because I felt so moved through me So I know that experience Every time I play an old song, people come up and say, that's what, what's happened with my dad or whatever. And it's been used by a couple of uh, dementia charities and in, in, oh, in, stuff like that. So that, as a songwriter, if if you can reach someone in that sort of way, that's. That makes it feel like you're doing all right. It's good,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna to listen to that later um, on. There, that song. I yeah. Think. Yeah. That was I mean, one of the memories I've told a lot with Swan Song. We went to start. It started, was when my grandma was really near the end. Yeah. And she had been pretty much non-responsive, but me and my uncle sang to her, and it was like you say, like she was just like, like she came back to life when she was. It's uh, magic,
1: it's magic. It's it goes so deep. Di- it gets so deep into us. I don't think there's any other reason why. Why does music even exist? You know why did we create music there's something very fundamental about it really yeah. fundamental so you know it's like it's like you hear a snatch of melody you haven't heard for 20 years or you're back there right away it's incredible yeah, yeah it's, it's good amazing. music's good <laughs> it's good stuff
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's yeah. a pleasure to be involved with um yeah. yeah brilliant well thanks a lot for your time but we really appreciate no worries. it really nice talking to
1: you that was really nice for you to ask me and i was really uh yeah I was really looking forward to talking to you so that's good
0: yeah hopefully um hopefully I'll get to one of your songwriting courses at uh, some point in the future uh, that'll be good yeah we can, we can meet up in person
1: that'll be good I'll send you I'll send you the brochure with all the uniforms in just so you're prepared you know
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good have you got anything yeah. else coming up that you want to mention on here have you got any other you any online streams or anything uh...
1: oh I've got some records coming out I've got a I have a duo with a really nice American man called Brooks Williams and um, we it's like a ho- it's almost like a hobby except we play until covid we do lots and lots of tours together mm. uh and we're called state of the union and we've got something coming out next week called why does the nightingale sing as a single from a forthcoming record that's the next thing i've got coming out i think so brilliant. Plug, yeah.
0: plug that <laughs> yeah and i'll put all the links in the description for you different uh thank you as many different projects as i can get in it <laughs> yeah people can check them out brilliant Okay. Stuff. Yeah. Thanks a lot for your time, Very Appreciate it. No worries. All right. See you later. See you later, Dan. Thanks Cheers. for tuning in, everyone. Back another episode Bye.
1: soon.